Good morning. Wasn't that a beautiful song? And guess what? I heard a little bird tell me that Jessica found that song. And what a blessing. What a blessing that the Lord teaches us to see things from His point of view. Reminds me when I eat lunch up on the 22nd floor where I work in San Francisco and I look down and I see all the cars look like toy cars, toy buses. People look so small from 22nd floor. Looks so different, doesn't it? You get down in the midst of it, though, and it looks ominous, but from a different perspective. And when we look at life from God's perspective, that's the right way to look at it. And to see these trials and things we go through are really for our good. And one day he's going to show us when we get to heaven our whole life and how it went and how it could have gone had we not trusted him as Savior, how it could have gone if we hadn't obeyed him and done his will. And may the Lord encourage us to just trust our shepherd to trust our potter, to trust our Lord to take us through. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Father, we're very conscious this morning how we need the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts through the word. Lord, we have no wisdom or knowledge or understanding of our own. We need you, Lord. And so we pray that you will speak very clearly to us individually and personally this morning. Lord, convict us where we need convicting. Encourage us where we need convicting. Comfort us where we need comforting. And Lord, hide me behind the cross that you would be lifted up and exalted today and that your word would go forth and not return empty, Lord, but a desirable result would be affected in the life of each person. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You know, conviction is a good thing. And today I got convicted by this message and I hope that it'll be a conviction to you. And also at the same time, an encouragement. I'd like to begin by telling a story that's told by a man named Robert L. Brown, Jr., who is the president of the Kennestone Regional Healthcare System. So he was a, a leader in the industry and in hospitals and care. And, and one time he worked in a hospital where a patient knocked over a cup of water which spilled on the floor beside the patient's bed. The patient was afraid he might slip on the water if he got out of bed, so he called one of the nurse's aides and ask if she would please mop up the water on the floor. Well, the patient didn't know it, but the hospital's policy was that small spills were cleaned up by the nurse's aides, and large spills were cleaned up by the housekeeping department. So the nurse's aide decided the spill was a large one, and she called the housekeeping department. Housekeeping department arrived on the scene and declared the spill a small one. An argument followed. It's not my responsibility, said the nurse's aide, because it's a large puddle. The housekeeper did not agree. Well, it's not mine, she said. The puddle is too small. The exasperated patient listened for a time, then took a pitcher of water and poured it all out onto the floor. And he said, is that a big enough puddle for you two to decide upon? And it was, and that was the end of the argument. You know, you look at life today, how many people don't want to take responsibility for their own actions? So many people say it's it's his responsibility. It's her responsibility. It's not mine. I'm not accountable for that. We live in a society where everybody wants to blame somebody else, find some fault in someone else instead of stepping up and taking responsibility for it. 
And the same is true in the Christian life. And even more, we have to realize that we have to be responsible and accountable to God. Have you ever thought about that? That you as individuals and me as an individual, we're responsible and accountable to God. Now, that sounds pretty ominous, doesn't it? Now, in life, we have to answer to people. We might have to answer to our elders at church. We answer to our boss at work. We answer to authority in life. But the greatest authority and the greatest one that we have to answer to is our God and Father. Our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to answer to him. And the title of our message today is Responsibility and Accountability. There's a verse of scripture that is very encouraging and challenging at the same time in Romans chapter 14 and verse 12, which is our main text this morning, which says these words. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Wait a minute. Do I have to give an account of others? No, he said, you have to give an account of yourself to God. It's so easy to push the responsibility on someone else. It reminds me of one of our great presidents, Truman. And he was the one who took over for FDR and during the war years and they were fighting toward the end of the war. And he prayed. He prayed for God to give him wisdom and strength. And he put a sign on his desk and it said this, the buck stops here. Now, how many people would feel that way? If we felt that way, how it would affect our life? The buck stops here. It's my responsibility. I'm accountable for it. I have to answer for it to the Lord. And if we did that, how it would change our Christian life, wouldn't it? How we got up in the morning, how we served the Lord, how we gave to the Lord, how we would do all these things would be different if we realized one day we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. Not to be judged for our sins, but to be judged for our actions, our behavior, our motives, things that we did for the Savior. And either we're going to suffer loss or hopefully we're going to receive the rewards. And then we take those crowns, those rewards we received, and we present them at the Savior's feet. We want to receive those rewards, those awards from him. And we have to take up our responsibilities now in order to assure that we'll be blessed at that day. Because none of us want to be embarrassed. None of us want to feel bad when standing before the Lord Jesus Christ. I could have done more. I could have done it differently. I could have been more faithful, more diligent, more serious. And these are our three points that we're going to look at this morning. When we consider our responsibility before God, when we consider that we're accountable to Him, we should do so every day seriously, diligently and faithfully. And when may the Lord help us to be those servants who take our responsibilities seriously. You know, sometimes we look at our responsibilities in life and we say some of them are big responsibilities and some of them are small responsibilities. So sometimes we prioritize our day and we have things that are the most important to be done. We put them at the top of the list and so forth. But really, in the Christian walk, our responsibilities are very important. We should never minimize them, even though some of them may seem very small. You mean it's, it's important to God that I pick up the hymn books after the meeting? Do you mean it's important to God that we vacuum the floors? Is it important to God to clean the bathrooms, take out the trash? Is it important to God? It's all important to God. 
And when you take that responsibility and you run with it and you do your best and you give your all, you are going to be rewarded as much as the preacher who stands at the pulpit, the Sunday school teacher, whoever, however we serve. It's all important to the Lord. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your heart, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. Time is short. We mentioned it at the breaking of bread today. And it's amazing because we were having scripture memory class this morning. And what word did Jim use in the class today? And I was telling Wesley, accountability, right? You mentioned it. That's no coincidence. The Spirit of God is working. And it is something we have to keep in mind. The Lord Jesus told many parables in the New Testament. And one of them is found in Luke chapter 12 and verses 47 and 48. And these words are very humbling and very sobering to us because it tells us about our responsibilities and accountability. Luke chapter 12, verses 47 and 48. It says, And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. And then listen to this. Everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. Do you know the more knowledge you have from the Bible, the more responsible and accountable you are for it? Do you know the more experience and and wisdom God has given you, you're responsible It's amazing. And as you start thinking about what God has given you, you're responsible for it, for using it. We don't want to be like that servant who went and buried his talent in the ground. We want to use it for the for the kingdom of God. And we have to take up our responsibilities. The question is this, though. Am I being as serious about my responsibilities for the Savior as I should be? An interesting story is told of Queen Victoria when she was a child. She didn't know she was in the line to be the Queen of England. And her instructors were trying to prepare her for the future, but they were frustrated because she just couldn't, they just couldn't motivate her. She didn't take her studies seriously, and finally her teachers decided to tell her that one day she would become the Queen of England. In a very low voice, she quietly said, then I will be good. You see, the realization set in with her that she had inherited a very high calling to become the Queen of England and that her behavior should be serious and her conduct should be good because she was going to be queen. I'll tell you one thing. There's a higher calling than being a queen. There's a higher calling than being a president. There's a higher calling than being a prime minister. That high calling is to be a child of God. To be a servant of Christ is a higher calling. Yes, if God calls you to be a missionary, there was once a story told where the man said, if God has called you to be a missionary, don't take the position, a lower position of being a president. And that's true. Because whatever God calls you to, that's the position he's given you. Be responsible. Be accountable for it. Daniel Webster once said, my greatest thought is my accountability to God. How many of us can say that my greatest thought is my accountability to God? How will that not change our life if we get up in the morning every day and think about that? And think about that hymn we said, Make me a blessing 
to someone today. That's the challenge of it all. You know, the men and women of the Bible, they didn't take their responsibilities lightly. They took them seriously, whether it was Abraham or David or Paul or Peter or whoever in the whole Bible. They took their responsibilities very seriously. The great man of God, John Stott, once said, although we have responsibility to others, we are primarily accountable to God. It is before him that we stand and to him that we must one day give an account. We should not, therefore, rate human opinion too highly, becoming depressed when criticized and elated when flattered. Isn't it true, though? You come along in life and somebody criticizes you and push you down and all of that. And you start, you take it personally and you start worrying about what people said about me. I better be politically correct. I better not say this or I better not say that. Don't take it too highly. And don't become depressed over it. And then don't be too flattered. When you get flattered and people tell you good things, don't take that to heart too much either because it can go both ways. You can get proud. And the Lord wants us to be humble and he wants us to take up our responsibility. The question is, though, it's not what man thinks of me. It's what God thinks of me. That's what's really, really going to count. And that's really important. There's so many people in life, they say, well, is there anything wrong with it? They're thinking about doing a certain thing or taking a certain course of action or living in a certain way. And they say, is there anything wrong with it? As soon as you hear somebody say that, you, you better know that there's something wrong with it and they shouldn't do it, right? The question is not, is there something wrong with it? The question is, is there something right with it? Is there something in it that will glorify God? If I'm doing something that doesn't glorify God, that doesn't point people to Christ, but in fact points them the other way and stumbles them, that's not something I want to be doing. And none of us want to. We want to be a blessing. We want to leave a blessing. We want to encourage people. I love the scripture that says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22, it says these words. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. And it says, abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from every form of evil. Not only, and, and one version says, from the appearance of evil. You know, it's easy to see sometimes things, something's right, something's wrong. Sometimes, though, in the world, people talk about gray areas. You know, it, it, it could be bad or it could be good. And so how do we know? We've got to test it. We've got to test it by the word of God, period. And if it can't be tested that way, then it's, it's not. It's not good to do. There was one man that was testing out his shirt. He, he looked it up. He held it up like this. But his wife was standing there and he held it up to the window and, and, and she said, John, if it's doubtful, it's dirty. <laughs> Throw it in the wash. And so many times in life, things are doubtful. They're dirty. We shouldn't get our hands dirty. They say when you throw mud at some, some, someone, right, you get the mud on your hand. You see it today, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. They're good at throwing mud. They are so good at throwing mud. But it doesn't work out. But... Uh, just to, to, as a side note of that, there's a man running for president. His name is, is Carson, Ben Carson. 
and all the candidates have been putting each other down and all the candidates have been been saying bad things against each other. And he says, that's not my style. And he's a Christian. And he says, not my style. You won't have me doing it. And you watch. He doesn't do it. And it's amazing that even Donald Trump, who has a lot of things to say, I'll put it that way. It's a lot of things to say about a lot of people. He says, I cannot find any. I, I can't say anything bad about Dr. Carson. And isn't that a great testimony for us as Christians that somebody can say, I can't find a single thing bad to say about Dave Fuete. I can't find anything bad to say about Sophia. I can't say anything bad about Emmanuel. You know, if we have that kind of testimony, that we take our responsibilities seriously, we can be a blessing to others. One of my favorite writers is Dr. Ironside, and I know Ada loves to read his commentaries and quote from him too. And one day he wrote in his commentary... On this portion in 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22, he said this, You may have some habit or you may be doing something by which you may mean no harm. And you say no one has a right to judge me in regard to it. But a weaker person may think of it as an evil. We are to remember that others are looking to us and taking note of how we behave. We are to abstain from all that looks like evil. And from the very appearance of evil or literally from every form of evil. That's what Joseph did in the Old Testament. Every day, Potiphar's wife said, come on, Joseph, come with me, come with me. Day after day, no, no, no. And we all know the story. One day she pulls on him and she, he runs, he flees from the evil. He flees from the temptation. He gets out of that house and she falsely accuses him. And he ends up in prison, but he kept his purity before God. He kept his integrity before God. He did not sin. And so he ended up in prison. Later on, God blessed him. And where did he end up? As prime minister, second to the command of Pharaoh. So may God help us to take our responsibilities seriously and be a blessing. Secondly, it's not only important to take our responsibilities in life seriously, but to take them diligently as well. And diligence is a forgotten word today, like humility and some of these things, you don't even hear them mentioned nowadays because people don't find that role. And someone defined the word diligent as persevering and careful in work, hardworking, industrious, done with careful, steady effort, painstaking. You know, when you have a ministry for the Lord to do, you have a responsibility. If you do it that way with hard work, with industry, with care, with steady effort, how many times have you seen the person that doesn't stop working until the job is done. And I praise God for the servants that we have in our church. You see them come in on Saturday, and I see them. They come in late in the day, in the evening, and they're doing their ministry, and they're preparing. Nobody sees them. I might see them if I'm here, but if I'm not here, nobody sees them. And when you do your ministry that way, and you say, that responsibility is important to me, it's, it's very important, I'm going to do it, it's, it's serious, and it's diligence that we need. The scripture says in Proverbs 12:24, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Yeah, being diligent is a is a very important thing, and our responsibilities are pretty heavy and pretty humbling. You know, a lot of people have said to Adel over the years, "I want to preach." Right? If you had a a dollar for every person that said that to you over the years, right? I want to preach. I want to get up behind the pulpit. I want to teach. I want to be up there, right? 
If you read James chapter 3 and verse 1, your opinion might just change. Listen to these words. James writing to the Christians, he says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. How many times do you... And Bill has mentioned it before too. You walk up these stairs to the pulpit and you realize... You're standing before the congregation. You're presenting the word of God. It's a heavy responsibility. You have to take it seriously. You have to be diligent and prepare because you're going to give the word of God. We shall receive a stricter judgment. God says those people who have responsibility publicly to somehow minister to others are heavily responsible. And it's true. And God has given us the responsibility. So I have a list of seven things. And I told Adel this morning, I think you're found on this list about five, at least five times, maybe six times on this list. And if you're on this list, this is a heavy, heavy responsibility. Number one, pastors and elders. Pastors and elders are at the top of the list because they're responsible to God. They're accountable to God. They have to minister to the congregation. That's a heavy responsibility. And you don't enter into it lightly either. It's heavy. Second one is missionaries. Missionaries who go to the foreign field to serve the Lord have a heavy responsibility to preach the gospel to those people, to win them to the Lord and to build up the church in those far off countries. It's a big responsibility and they have accountability for it as well. Number three, preachers. We mentioned it already. Preachers have responsibility and believe me, I understand it very well. Number four, teachers. Teachers have responsibility. I'm sure Adam, when he gets up to teach the music class and Shauna goes before her class, you realize you have a responsibility for these young lives that you're teaching right in school. It's very, very important responsibility. Which leads us to another one, which is Sunday school teachers. And I want to put in a word for our Sunday school teachers. They have seminars, they learn, they grow, they listen, and they teach these kids for us to bring them up in the fear of the Lord. And it's so very important. Sunday school teachers, take up your responsibilities. It's very, very important. And it's rewarding, too, when you see these kids growing up. Alexander's growing up. Wesley's growing up. All the kids are growing up now uh, to be Ariana and Thomas and all of them. They were once these little kids that were taught in Sunday school. Now they're growing up and they're going to be teaching others. It's a big responsibility. It's so important. Another one, and you're on this list, Adel, for this one too with Sylvia. And believe me, this is a heavy, heavy responsibility. Counselors. And I know that they take their ministry for counseling so important. Before they give you counsel, they have prayed about it. They have sought the word of God. They have, they have done everything. And counseling is a very, very important ministry. And there's not too many people that can do it. Not only can do it, but would want to do it because you're not always very popular when you give counsel because if the counsel doesn't go along with what the person wants to hear, right? That's a tough one. But it's a responsibility that God gives. And the final one, and probably in this audience, a very high percentage is on this list. You're on this list. If you're not on here for anything else, you're on this for list for number seven, parents. Parents are responsible for their kids. Now, Sunday school teachers are too, but they only have a, maybe an hour a week, maybe Wednesday night they have a group and a Monday night and a Sunday. Add all that up and it's nothing compared to the time the parents have to invest in their kids. And when you're pregnant 
and you're going to have a baby, it, the light bulb should go off that you're going to be responsible for that child from the moment they're born on up through their formative years. Not only what you feed them, not only what you sing with them and teach them, but teaching them the Word of God and training them in God's ways. It's a heavy, heavy responsibility and you have to be accountable for it. You have to be. Yes, these are heavy responsibilities in the ministry and we all have them. But you say, well, Dean, I'm not on that list. I'm not one of those seven. I'm off the hook. I'm not responsible. I'm not accountable. Guess what? You're responsible and you're accountable because whatever ministry the Lord has given you, it's a responsibility and it's a privilege to do it. I love that bank commercial because it's so true where it says it's a privilege to serve you. And we should feel that way about the Lord. And our ministries are important and it's, it's to be responsible and to serve the Lord is a very, very important thing. Because with responsibility comes accountability. And with accountability comes judgment at the judgment seat of Christ. And at the judgment seat of Christ, won't it be great to receive those words from the Savior? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Here's a crown for you. For all those times that you put up with those people, all those times you taught, all those times you helped, you volunteered, you did this, you did that. Well done. So many times I think when we get to the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to have long forgotten about things, right? Things we did back in 1980 or 85 or 2003, whatever it is, the Lord doesn't forget. He never forgets. He's going to have a crown for you. He's going to have a crown for you, Taylor, for all those songs you sang. And touch all the lives that you touch. And I didn't mention singers. I really should mention singers too because it's a huge responsibility. And I'm sure Taylor and Ginny and Randy, when they get up to sing, they realize it's a responsibility to sing, to prepare the hearts for the Word of God. And it's so very important. Yes, that verse says in Romans 14, 12, each one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Are we being as diligent as we should be in serving the Lord? The Lord Jesus in the 13th chapter of John in verse 17 says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. You know, it's not enough just to hear it go into our ears. It's got to get into the heart. It's got to affect our lives. We've got, to, we've got to do it. And that's what it is. It's being responsible. Do you realize for every sermon you listen to, every Bible study you attend, you're accountable, you're responsible. That's pretty heavy. It really is. And we should take it that way. Finally, the third point quickly is faithfully. We should carry out our responsibilities seriously. We should carry about our responsibilities diligently and we should carry out our responsibilities faithfully. Have you ever heard of that expression? It's an old timer and there's a lot of young people that may really not know what this expression is, but it's called a flash in the pan. A flash in the pan. A flash in the pan type of person is one who starts off real good, looks real good, real good, but they don't last. They're a flash in the pan. And so there are many people today that are a flash in the pan. They come... They come to the church for a while. They attend. They're active in certain ways. And then you don't see them anymore. They're gone. They left. They're, they're not around anymore. They were a flash in the pan. They weren't faithful to the end. They somehow gave up the journey. They gave up the race. They stopped the battle 
too soon and they lost out on the blessing. May the Lord help us to be faithful to the end. When Paul wrote to the Colossians, he had a word of admonition to the believers there in the fourth chapter, the last chapter of the book. And he had something interesting to say to a young man who is named Archippus. And Archippus, from all accounts, was the son of Philemon. That's what people believe. He was the son of Philemon. And it's interesting that the Apostle Paul, in writing to them in the Colossians 4.17, says this. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. In other words, you may complete it. You may take it all the way through. And the Greek word plurio means to make full or complete. It's a challenge to us. It's a challenge to not only start off, but to finish it all the way. Hebrews 13, 17 was one of the Bible memory verses we had. And it talks about accountability for the elders. And it's really our accountability too. It says this, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. So every, every elder is going to give an account for the congregation, for the people. But it doesn't stop there. It says, Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So we can have a part in Adel's blessing and Mike's blessing and Bill's blessing by doing our responsibilities, by serving, by not causing problems, by not causing difficulties, being a blessing. And that's what God wants us to be. And he wants us to realize we are responsible and we are accountable. So let's be faithful. Not sometimes, just sometimes, not just most of the time, but we want to be faithful all the time. We want to be those who can be counted upon. When Adel has the um, elders deacons meetings, you notice at every meeting he says, we are the men who are responsible. He says it every time. And it should really sink into us. We are responsible. We are accountable. It's heavy. It's a heavy responsibility. And every Christian is too. Responsible and accountable. And that's what God wants us to do. Take it seriously. Take it diligently. And take it faithfully. And if we do that, the Lord will be pleased. He will be encouraged by it. And when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we will have tears running down our eyes, thanking him for our salvation and thanking him for the privilege of being able to serve him. And what a joy it will be as the Lord says, here's a reward for what you did here. Here's a reward for this. Here's a reward for that. A reward for that. And he will do that for us. Yes, those who were responsible for others are maybe the most responsible, but we're all responsible. To whom much is given, much will be required. And it's so easy. And if you look back in life at all that God has taught us and all the things, every message he's given us, Bible studies, all the things we've learned. And it's sad to see some Christians who haven't got it yet. They haven't learned it. And you say, wait a minute, they should know better. They should know that. Why did they do that? And the point's not at you. The finger's pointing at me. I have to do it. I have to be responsible. I have to be accountable. Me for my life. Yes, we have to live up to our high calling, just like Queen Victoria had to live up to her high calling of being the future Queen of England. We have a higher position than that. 
to be a child and servant of God. May the Lord help us not to do things that are going to hurt others or stumble others, but be a blessing so that people will say, wow, I, I appreciated being in the presence of that person. I was encouraged. I was built up. And may the Lord help us to be examples for Christ in our lives. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the humbling responsibilities that we have and the accountability that we have to give to you, Lord. We know without you we can't do anything, but we thank you that you've provided us with the resources from your word, from teaching and counseling that we've received. Help us, Lord, to be a blessing to others. Help us to go out and say, make me a blessing to someone today. And Lord, we pray that if there's anyone here today that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, that today they will get saved, they will accept Him into their life, the one who died on the cross for them, and then they can take up their responsibility as a Christian and live a thankful and holy and obedient life. Lord, please take us home and dismiss us with your blessing. We ask this now in Jesus' precious name. Amen.